Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. (laughs) Guten Tag, ni hao. (laughs) Uh, How are you, Billy? I'm I'm doing okay. I've got a bit of a flu, which hopefully won't uh, hopefully I won't sound too terrible. But I'm not in a not in a real good place. How about you? I've I've got rage. I've yeah, got actual rage. I've got the technology rage. <laughs> Why can't things just work, Billy? Oh, I feel that when something doesn't work, I lose my crap. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm a white male. Things are supposed to work for things me. Things are supposed to just fall your way. <laughs> what is this shit? <laughs> Stupid computers. Um, anyway, yeah, living out of boxes is great fun. Yeah, yeah. First time ever in the two-year run of the show that we've we've been slightly late on an episode. F- I feels, know. It feels kind of freeing in a way. All it took was me moving and starting a new job in the same week to go, you know what, Billy? We're going to be a day late. <laughs> yeah. We need to just deal with it. Uh, so what are we talking about this week? Uh, we are talking about... Sequel to The Master, I believe. Joker. I I haven't seen The Master, so I don't get that joke. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully is, someone out there does. Is The Master about a comedian or a psychopath? Or Because right, jo- Joaquin Phoenix is in The Master and plays a kind of disaffected uh, yada, 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 gotcha. especially given the time that it's set. Oh, mate, that's a really funny joke. I like that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's right. Joker is a 2019 American psychological thriller film directed by Todd Phillips, who co-wrote the screenplay with Scott Silver. It stars Joaquin... Fucking... Sorry. Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, Brett Cullen, Glenn Fleshler, Bill Camp, Shay Wiggum, and Mark Marin in supporting roles. And it's based, obviously, on the Joker character from... DC Comics. Shall we get straight into it then? Sure. Is this one of those movies uh, you often avoid trailers? Had you seen one going into this? I'd only seen one because, tra- yeah, I still I don't watch trailers online or anything. So the only trailer I'd seen was at the cinemas and it did not excite me at all. I think I spoke to you about it afterwards and you said it must have been the first trailer then and that there was a better trailer after. That was certainly my view that the second trailer was significantly better than the first. Right. Because the only trailer I saw... It did not get my motor running, wasn't on board it, with it. I, I, I say superior, like insofar as it was like, how many Scorsese knockoffs can we jam into <laughs> one film? Yeah. So no matter how much praise I heard this film get, obviously it won the Golden Lion at Venice. There's been a lot of buzz about this film. It, like it smashed October records, partly just because of the talk around the film. It has made a lot yeah, of money. But no, besides all that, I went in with extremely low expectations. Where were you? I expect, like, coming off the win from Venice, I suppose my expectations weren't, like, they weren't high, high, but I was expecting a strong film, to be sure. Yeah. But I, but I was, I suppose, more or less, like, strong. I was, I suppose I was expecting a strong film, but I was only, my, uh, my excitement for the film was pretty lukewarm, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I was certainly not one of the masses who had decided that they hated or loved this film before they saw it. 
of which yeah. there are many. And which is just a dumb thing to do. Like, don't don't make a decision on a film till you see it, people. And I understand some of the... Um, I suppose I understand some of the worry that some people had around the film to do with the violence and specifically looking back to um, the incident that happened, the mass shooting at... Um, I think it was opening weekend of The Dark Knight Rises and... yeah. People were worried uh, about glorification of violence and whether this was going to act out in a real world scenario, which, look, in the city we live in, not a massive concern. But if you live somewhere where that is a concern, okay, yep, far be it from me to judge you from having concerns about the film. But aside from that, definitely people were already defending this film against critics before they'd seen it. Yes. I was like, how do you know you love this film? You haven't seen it. Can we... <laughs> like, yeah. like, a, like, critics at Toronto, for instance, were... Like, I wouldn't say they trashed it, but they were pretty lukewarm on it. And yeah. people, were up at, people were up in arms about this. And I was like, well, they didn't like the movie that much. Yeah, yeah. Look, Deal and, with it. And I think initial reception was extremely high and it has dropped a bit like I'm pretty sure sh- I haven't had a good look I'm pretty sure at the moment on Rotten Tomatoes it's in the 60s and I think um Metacritic is around the same I think it's about 60 yeah maybe high 50s yeah it's it's you know good it's it's good not great ish yeah so obviously now you have seen the film I'm hoping because we're recording about it so <laughs> um so how how was your actual viewing then w- were your expectations met exceeded if I was going in kind of lukewarm, I probably came out pretty lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, there's 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 things on on either end of this film. Uh there's things I think are really strong. There's things that for me don't land at all. Yeah. And all in all it comes together for a movie that I was like, yep, fine that I spent 2 hours with it. Probably Never going to watch it again. Yep. That sounds 100% accurate. My my expectations were exceeded by a fair amount because I wasn't expecting a whole lot. But yeah, I think I think it's a fine film. Like like you said, I think there's a lot of things about it that are really, really good. But to do my kind of wrap up early on, my biggest issue with the film, and you kind of touched on it before when you spoke about the Robert De Niro Scorsese stuff is that the absolute best parts of this film are really just emulation. Like, and I don't think that this movie, I don't think it adds much to the conversation that films like Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, Falling Down, movies like that have already done really, really well. I Like, this feels a little bit empty and heartless because it, it does just feel like like it's emulating those better films. Yes, yes, I very much know what you're saying. Um, yeah. With the exception of falling down, which I made it like thirty minutes into, I was like, <laughs> "I'm done with this film." <laughs> I remember, I remember that was quite upsetting to you when I told you. Better, better um, than Joker, <laughs> but <laughs> but the big thing for for me with this film is that I think that it's really torn between a, what it wants to be, which, as Wikipedia says, is a psychological thriller, character study, that kind of stuff, and what it actually is, which is a Batman film. So particularly. 
you know, like there's some really good stuff gearing up in the third act, but so much of the film gets bogged down with stuff like, oh, look, this kid, this kid becomes Batman. And look, there's Alfred. And and look at Martha's pearls, like stuff that for me comp- completely breaks what the film is trying to build and takes you completely out of the realism that it has built. Yeah, it's it's trying so hard for most of the film to be- you know, to to be this 70s Scorsese film, basically. To be Taxi Driver, yeah. It wants to the, be Taxi Driver. Yeah, that it's it doesn't gel for me at all when when you see this kid in in a backyard and you're like, you know, you know who it is, and it's like, oh, why are we why are we doing this? Yeah, and we're doing it because that's what the filmmakers want. They want you to gush over it and be like, oh my god, that kid becomes Batman. But, but they were so like Todd Phillips was so adamant that you know, I'm not approaching this like a, a superhero film, yada, yada, yada. Well, then haven't you just- gi- Like, you're the writer of the film. Yeah. You've given yourself license to skip young Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Why is he here? Yeah. And yet then, d- despite that, I then think the film is arguably at its most effective when it's being a bit more comic booky in the last, say, 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I think it's got, I think it's aspirations of the whole, you know, character study, underbelly, blah, blah, blah. It can't or doesn't live up to its aspirations on that front for me. No, no, I agree. Because it feels empty to me. It feels like it's just trying to be Taxi Driver. The big problem for me when it does turn a little bit more comic booky is that it almost asks you to suspend any prior knowledge you have of the Batman universe while at the same time expecting you to gush over things like Bruce Wayne and, and Thomas Wayne. Because this isn't just a reimagined history of the Joker. This is an entirely reimagined Joker. Like, this man that Joaquin is portraying, Arthur Fleck, does not become the genius mastermind that we know the Joker to be. Like he yeah, is quite right. He is an entirely reactive character. At no point does he even hatch a segment of a plan. At no point does he consciously plot to do anything. He is reacting to the people around him and what society has taught him. And so it's really hard to try like in the final act, of course there's never going to be a sequel. Because are we really expecting Batman and this Joker to pit against each other? This Joker is just a sad, angry, mentally ill man. He's not a supervillain. Yep, yep, totally agree. And there's, oddly enough, there's there's some fertile ground there, I think, for a potential sequel because something I think that's kind of interesting is um, the fact that, as, as, as you've touched on there, I think, Billy, the Joker in this film is a product of his environment. As is Batman. Yeah. That could be quite an interesting dynamic. But yeah, like you said, the Joker of this film isn't hatching plans and tormenting Batman. No. He's not really tormenting anyone but himself. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a a really sick, I mean that quite literally, a sick person. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's it's a gripe with me of the film that I think it. Um, I'm just going to make up a word here. Villainizes mental illness, not not only with not only with the Joker, but with his mother as well. Yeah. Where her her actions are presented as as bad as evil, even though we know that 
she hasn't made them in a healthy state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm personally pretty uncomfortable with with that aspect of it. Yep, I totally get that. And I think that part of that is they're expecting you to forgive it because of the time period it's set place in. But the problem is, apart from the cinematography, which is absolutely outstanding, and the cinematography is really what does a great job of evoking the sense of time for me. It feels like a late 70s, early 80s movie. But apart from that, I wouldn't be surprised if the very first draft of this film was actually set present day, because I don't believe viral videos were a thing in 81. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if this was originally written, and then perhaps because of the issues you're bringing up with mental illness, perhaps just because they're trying to evoke Taxi Driver, they decided to backdate it. But yeah, for me, I, I agree with you totally. It does. It makes you a little uncomfortable. And I don't, I don't really care about the violence thing people are bringing up i personally don't think this film is that violent when the violence hits yeah there's a bit of a gut punch to it i think the most shocking thing about the first time that the joker murders people is that we're meant to believe that these three guys know the lyrics to the song they're singing (laughs) (laughs) got these like three mini gordon geckos (laughs) who break into song together and i was like Really? <laughs> that's right. And this was 81, so it was before that Simpsons episode, because that's the only reason I know the lyrics to the song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <Yep>. Same. <laughs> you did just, though, you mentioned the cinematography. Um, so, Lawrence Schur is the cinematographer who's who did, like, all the Hangover films with Todd Phillips. Um, he also did. He had a busy year. He was Godzilla, King of the Monsters this year. Right. Um, it is a gr- it is a great-looking film. Yeah. It really is. Um and it does, like, while some of the the nods and references can maybe become a bit tiresome, some of them are some of them are really cool. Like, I, I love that shot near the end of the film of of Joaquin Phoenix in the cop car. Yes, yeah. As this kind of as this direct nod to personally for me the greatest shot of a comic book villain. That we've had in in cinema with Heath Ledger out the window of the cop car, yeah. Um, and some of it, some of the shots are just very cool. You remember that the shot, the tracking shot where uh, Phoenix is he's at work and he's going to the boss's office and he's doing yeah. his his laugh, his his try and his his try and fit in with society laugh, yeah. Which then just snap stops as he turns that corner. It's a great. It's a well. It's a I think it's a great little bit of performing yeah. for Phoenix, and it's a, it's a really well set up shot. Like the production of the film is outstanding. I think I, I agree. The things that really save this film for me are the craft that goes into it, particularly with the cinematography, the score, and and the acting. Other the things that really excel this film above a very mediocre comic book film for me. Yeah, I think the score one one moment where I think the score is particularly effective. There's and there's quite a few moments, but right at the end, or right near the end anyway, where with where the Joker, his kind of coronation, where he gets up on the cop car surrounded by the mob, and one of my um, something I was interested in going into the film was how is it going to present this character? Is this going to be a is he going to be celebrated? Are we gonna are we gonna be with the mob when this happens, or is this gonna be a more of a cautionary 
tale. It's not, it's not really either because I just don't think the film is equipped to deal with what it's trying to deal with. But the score at that moment is actually quite mournful, yeah. which I thought was a really good move on the part of the film. On the positives, though, I think Joaquin is absolutely outstanding in this film. I scoffed at the idea of an Oscar nomination before I saw it. Having seen it, I I do think that this role deserves an Oscar nomination. What he's done with the character and the script he was given, he is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, you. I mean, you know this about me that in a in a world where Philip Seymour Hoffman is sadly dead and Daniel Day Lewis is not making films, my personal view is that Phoenix is the form actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I like I, I just couldn't be a bigger fan. So it's it's no like. I'm not shocked that he's good because I think he's great. Like I mean, we you know we were talking about it just before that moment when he and like when he when he rounds that corner and and just shuts off that laugh. I think it's brilliant the way that he has those easily identifiable laughs. Yes, of the the reaction laugh to the horrors that he sees, the trying to fit into society laugh is is awfully well realised by him. Oh, it really is. The laugh is a brilliant touch because it is so unsettling. And the way he performs it, you can feel pain in the laugh. Like that, the very first scene of the film where he's putting the makeup on and he's laughing while mascara is running down his face. It is, it, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the, like it is a, we, we don't think of, because obviously he's very thin in the film. And while we don't think of Phoenix as being a particularly big guy, like it's not all that long ago um, that he was in You Were Never Really Here that he got big for. Mm. So from from that portrayal to this portrayal actually is quite the turnaround. Yeah, and what he's able to do physically with his body as well to just embody the character is... Amazing. Like, even little touches. Like, there's actually a lot of scenes in this movie of him running. (laughs) But it's the way he runs, the way he lifts his feet up so high in the air, which at first is because he's wearing clown shoes, but for the majority of the film, he's not. And he still runs in that same fashion. Is just such a nice little touch that I don't feel like a lot of actors would have done. Mm. So, do you think that he has Oscar potential for this role? Yeah, I do. I think both in terms of the fact that um, even if people don't think it's the best performance of the year, it's certainly going to be one of the biggest, which I think when it comes to awards works in your favour. Yeah. It is such a big role. He's like he's been nominated a few times before, so they're not put off by the fact that in a lot of public stuff he does, he's pretty weird. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, I like I'd, I'd, I'd have thought so, um, but in, in, I mean, increasingly, like last year, we were so underwhelmed by the best by by lead actor yeah. as yeah. a category. This year, it's I think it's going to be stacked. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, and I'm really looking forward to see what comes out in the back half of this year because. I, like, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about how terrible this year has been for cinema, blah, blah, blah. That is true if you look at, you know, if you're only going to see big Hollywood movies, then yeah. But if you look at the smaller stuff, like Godzilla, King of Monsters, or <laughs> like there's a lot of really good stuff out there. The the, the think pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I think that um, 
the, uh, I think it probably works against the film to an extent is that we know who this guy becomes. He's, he's, he's the favorite comic book villain, period, full stop. Not necessarily if you or me, but like across the board. Yeah. He's the comic book villain. And so, of course, we're eager to see this happen. So I think it lessens the horror of his actions because maybe subconsciously we're kind of egging him on. Yeah. And I, I what would be really interesting would be to sit to sit down in front of this film, to have it not come up with Joker at the beginning in the titles. Yeah. Cut out any reference to a Wayne. Yeah, which I think should and, have been done anyway. <laughs> yeah. And and see how it plays. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. But we'll never know. Yeah. Can I, um, okay, so when he goes, speaking of the Waynes, when he goes to Wayne Manor yep. and is being weird to Bruce, yeah, and, yep. Al- and Alfred rolls up, um, t- tell me if you're on a different page here. Alfred's about the same age. Yeah, yep, I could see that. So, uh, but he's telling him, no, all this stuff about your mum is. Is garbage. Yeah. I was like, well, hang on. Wouldn't you have been a toddler too, Alfred? That's true. If anything, Alfred is maybe slightly younger. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, either Bruce needed to be, like, Bruce and Alfred needed to be older. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, take the grey out of Phoenix's hair or something. Because I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And I I guess- I bullshit on this. I guess this is part of my issue with the film is I don't know whether we're supposed to feel that that whole subplot is ambiguous or not. Are we supposed to think that there is a chance that the psychosis is fraudulated by the Waynes because the affair did happen? Are we supposed to believe somewhere that he possibly is Batman's brother? I don't th- well, I, I can only speak for myself. What I get out of it is that, yes, there was an affair, but no, he is not a Wayne. Like, he is adopted. Like, they've got- Oh, but so, oh, you, so you believe there was an affair, though? I do, yeah. Right. Okay. See, I just assumed that she was crazy from the get-go and, and that the affair wasn't real either. Yeah, I, I went back and forth. I went from- I, I stopped believing her. Yeah. Well, but then I actually I swung back. Maybe I, maybe then I need to give the film more credit than I initially did because part of my beef is that I wish it had been more ambiguous. There are very few times where you're supposed to kind of feel in his psyche and question things. You know, for example, the biggest one obviously is when the penny drops that he has absolutely no relationship with Zazie Beats, which makes total sense because you're watching the film at that point going, well, this isn't real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You are like, hang on. Yeah. Why on? Yes. So it yes. makes total sense when that penny drops. But to me, I feel like that is the only time in the entire film and it doesn't feel like a part of the film. So I wished that there had been more ambiguity. I wish that I was left at the end wondering whether he even went on the talk show or not. But I don't feel like they're questions that the film is trying to make you ask. Fun fact, Bruce Wayne, the kid, he played um, a young phoenix in flashbacks in uh you were never really here really a film that phoenix should have been oscar nominated for last year amongst some absolute crap that did get nominated (laughs) and in fact won yeah (laughs) justice for phoenix (laughs) on the cast 
What do you think of the De Niro stunt casting? My initial reaction is that it's quite fun. Like, it's playful. It's definitely playful, which I suppose makes a good deal of sense, really, in a in a film called Joker. Um, I'm sure De Niro enjoyed riffing on on an earlier work that the film itself is um, either homaging, ripping off, <laughs> or, like, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think De Niro was good. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed his performance in it. I've seen a lot of people kind of ripping on the, the stunt casting of it and, you know, I get that De Niro maybe hasn't done his greatest work of late, but I, I, I found him very enjoyable in the role. So Early reports are, though, that in The Irishman, it's like proper De Niro. Really? Yep. I'm really keen for The Just Irishman. Just adding, adding to the stacked element of lead actor this year. Everyone's like, holy shit, De Niro's De Niroing. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Meet the Fockering. <laughs> yep. I say never having seen Meet the Fockers. <laughs> on, on De Niro and Tap. Bad Grandpa. <laughs> oh man, that was, that was actually an enjoyable film. <laughs> it will shock you to hear I haven't seen it. Yeah. I know that you won't believe me on that. Um, no, I will not. Um, so, how are you scoring this? Look, the, the, there's enough elements that I think are done really well that that I'll go into the positives and give it a six. Right. But ultimately, I think you're better off watching the originals, i.e. King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. I'm on exactly the same page. I've been torn between a six and a seven because I do think Joaquin's performance elevates it so, so far above what it could have been. And, like, let's face it, as a character study, the majority of the film hangs on him. So the fact that he is so good, I think I'm going to go with a seven. But... It's definitely, for me, it's going to be a recommend purely based on his performance. Mm. Can I ask, here's, here's a question. If someone were to pitch a Batman movie to you, but they say, it's going to be a movie, it's not really going to be a comic book film. It's going to be a movie about this rich white guy who grows up rich and white. Yeah. And then some bad stuff happens to him. He decides to take it out on poor people by yep. going around at night in a suit and beating them up and it's a character they don't they don't mention batman they just say it's a character study about that guy yeah do you do you think it would work or or maybe they do say it's it's batman but just a character study about bruce wayne do you think you'd be excited or do you think you'd be like you're a fucking idiot yeah i think i think that i don't think it would work but i also don't think this film worked so <laughs> For the exact same reasons. To me, yeah, it's, it's like, like an interesting question. Like, do these guys, as like going going back to Heath Ledger's performance, do do they need each other? Yeah, do I, they do they complete one another? I definitely think they do. Which is why, to me, by the end of the film, the film doesn't work because this character is not the Joker. And no matter what happens in the future, think about possible sequels for this film. How does it end up? You've got. A, a very sick, mentally ill man who has, like, he's in no way a mastermind. He's he's not even really a villain. He's very reactive. How does that pit against Batman? Like, it, it just doesn't. 
So to yeah, me, just go watch question, King of Comedy. Well, ex- exactly. Which to me is the question: like, why? Like, if you're going to do that with Batman, better films exist. And to me, there there are a lot of themes here that could have been touched on better. For example mental illness like you say i don't think it's really equipped to to deal with its subject matter even things like the class divide you know earlier this year we had um parasite which dealt with the exact same subject matter in a far superior way in a very original interesting way and this this just kind of skirts around the edges of that like to me thomas wayne is a much more formidable opposite to this joker than than bruce wayne is but that wasn't really utilised. Yep. <clears throat> yep. King of Comedy is almost 40 years old. And if you watch it in the year 2019, um, which I think I have watched it this year, and it's still it's still a relevant film, in 40 years, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone's watching this. Personally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this, this to me honestly feels less relevant today than Taxi Driver and King of Comedy do today, even though they were made 40 years ago. Yep. I'm not All saying right. it's bad, though. No, no. Like I said, for me, Joaquin is absolutely outstanding. The cinematography and the craft of filmmaking is very, very well done. Um, So I do think there's plenty of reasons to see this movie, that's for sure. Cool, cool. All right. What are we getting to next week, buddy? Uh, Throwback time, my friend. Who's choice is it? Been a long time since I sent one your way. Oh, it's yours to me. Okay. What are we watching? We are watching a little film. You might have heard of it, Billy. It's called it- Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've not seen it. I've never seen an indie, to be honest. <laughs> um, I know, and you've, you've, got, you've got to get through the first three to get to the good one. Well, that's what I've heard. I'm very yeah. excited for Kingdom of the Outrageous Plastic Skull. <laughs> that's right. So I just need you to do the groundwork and get through <laughs> Raiders. Okay. All right. I guess I, I guess I can squeeze Raiders in. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> right. How have you not seen this film? I don't know. You know, my wife is trying to claim that I have seen it. And I'm like, I think I would remember watching it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll that'll be fun. That'll be fun. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can know that we watched a thing.com or we watched a thing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we watched a thing. If you want to help support the show and make us watch something that neither of us have watched or both of us have watched, anything you want, really, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing. And we'll catch you next week with Raiders. Go watch a movie. Bye. Bye.